We have this Gospel of John in chapter 21st. How many chapters we have in the Gospel of John? <coughs> mm. Go, think, think, think. Remember, go back to your second grade classes. How many chapters we have in the Gospel of John? Today's 21st. How many chapters? Twenty-one. <laughs> this is the last chapter in the Gospel of John. Okay, so we have this. This is the last chapter. And in the Gospel of John, we find many elements that are symbolic. We will find that many of the things that happen here, that Jesus says, have a meaning. So let's go through the Gospel and see what's the meaning of these things. So the first thing that we find here is... Uh, we find seven names. There are seven of twelve disciples, seven of twelve apostles in this reading. And there are seven because seven in the Bible, in the Bible it means completeness, fullness. That means everybody is represented in these seven apostles. Who are those who are represented? All of us. So. These seven apostles represent each one of the Christian and Catholic people who are in this world. And let's go through each one of them. The Bible says, together were Simon Peter. Simon Peter represents those Christians who deny Jesus. And sometimes it happens in our lives that it is very difficult to stand up for our faith. Sometimes when people criticize our faith, and I'm not just saying the Pope or the priest, but maybe some very important elements in our faith, when they criticize these elements, we don't say anything. Maybe sometimes we join them. Maybe sometimes we just keep silence because maybe we don't know what to say at that moment. But we don't stand up for our faith. Then we have Thomas called Didymus. And St. Thomas was the one who doubted. So he had many doubts. And of course, there are many of us who sometimes have doubts in our faith. That happens. The next person is Nathaniel. And Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Nathaniel was introduced to Jesus by Philip, another of the disciples. So Nathaniel is the one who says, can anything good come from Nazareth? That's the famous phrase of Nathaniel in the Bible. Can anything good come from Nazareth? But he was introduced to Jesus, and Jesus was introduced to him. It was the other apostle, Philip, who introduced Nathaniel to Jesus and told him, we have found the Messiah. And it happens in our Christian communities. There are many people who are introduced to Jesus. There are many people who are told, hey, why don't come to Mass this Sunday? Why don't listen to this homily? Why you don't read this book? So sometimes we do that or somebody has done this for each one of us. Not always. We need to grow in that. We need to invite more people, personal invitation. The other two guys that we find here are the sons of Zebedee. So these two disciples are called the sons of throne because they once asked Jesus, can we call fire from heaven 
to destroy our opponents. They were very fanatic. <coughs> they tend to be very fundamentalist. And sometimes we find this kind of people in the Christian church or in the Catholic church. People who don't want any kind of dialogue. They think this is the doctrine and this is what we have to do and that's it. No way to maybe something pastoral, no way to think what the context of the person, but this is the law, you have to fulfill it and that's it. No. So we find some people in this way too. And then the last two people in, the, in this group of disciples are two other disciples. That's what the Bible says. Two other of his disciples. Who are those two others? One, the anonymous disciples. There are many people who come to Mass and sit and they just live and they never talk to the priest, they never talk to anybody else, they just come to Mass and live. I'm not saying that's wrong, I'm saying they are represented in this group of disciples too. There are many people who are even Christian and we don't know. Sometimes they might be more Catholic than we are, but they are not baptized Catholic, they are not Christian, but they believe the teachings of the faith. Why have not them been baptized? Somebody needs to invite them. Somebody needs to say something. And who is the other disciple? The beloved disciple. That's each one of us. Each one of us are called to be the beloved disciple. So seven disciples here, and the whole of the community is represented in these seven guys. Seven means completeness. The second element in the gospel is the ocean, or the sea, or the lake of Tiberias. What does the ocean mean in the Bible? The ocean means darkness. It's the power of darkness. It's the power of evil. Remember that in the gospel, when we find Jesus in the, in the boat, something bad is going to happen. There are storms. Jesus is sleeping and the storms are coming and the boat is almost going to sink and the disciples are so afraid always when they are by the lake or the ocean. It means the power of darkness, the power of evil. So if we think of this, that these disciples are going fishing, that when Jesus met the disciples, he told them, you now are going to become fishers of men or fishers of people. What does it mean? That there are many people under the power of darkness and the power of evil, and we need to go and fish. We need to take them out of there. We need to rescue them, as the psalm, the responsorial psalm was saying. If people are under the power of darkness, evil, we need to take them out from there. And most of us, many times are under the power of darkness. There's so much darkness in our lives. There is sadness, there is anxiety, there is fear, there is domestic violence at some homes, there is thoughts of suicide, there is bullying at schools. There are so many things happening right now. There are pro financial problems in our lives. There is depression. We don't know who to talk to. There is a lot of darkness there, plus all our sins that we commit every day. We need somebody to take us out from there. Did you notice that there is a number here in the Bible? 153 fish 
Who puts that number there? Do you think the disciples, Peter said, oh, this might be a very important time in history. Let's count how many fish we have before Jesus asks us to cook them. Uh, most likely this is a symbol. 153 must be symbolic number. What is the meaning of this? And this is just one interpretation, okay? Somebody might say, oh, that priest was wrong because there might be several interpretations for this number. But one of those interpretations is this. The number 50 for, uh, in, uh, in the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible, means everybody. Again, all the people means 50. The number three means perfection. Have you heard about the Holy Trinity? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Number three means perfection. That's why we have the Trinity. It's perfection. It's one God. It's perfect. So, 50, everybody. 50 times 3, 150. Plus 3, more perfection, means 153. So that means everybody. What does it mean? that Jesus is sending his disciples and his whole church on a mission to rescue everybody from the power of darkness and evil. If your religion, there might be people here who are not Christian or who are not Catholic, or we all Catholic, if your faith, if your religion is not a religion of liberation and freedom, if you don't feel free when you practice your faith, if you don't feel free when you approach God, there is something wrong there because your faith is supposed to give you freedom, to take you out of the power of darkness and evil. I was reading on Friday an article from the New York Times. The headline was, Becoming Catholic in the Age of Scandal. Becoming Catholic in the Age of Scandal. The headline sounds, mm, I don't know, impressive or uh, here we go again, the New York Times talking about the church. But actually it's a positive article. I invite you to go and read it. Becoming Catholic in the Age of Scandal. It's a story of those people who became Catholic on the Easter Vigil in Newark, in New Jersey. So there are several stories there. Why do these people choose to become Catholic even in these moments of scandals and with these very difficult moments for the church? So I guess the journalists thought this is crazy. But if you go and read the stories, these people are saying why they became Catholic. And you will discover that there was something missing in their lives and that after learning about the church's doctrine and the principles of Christianity and about the Bible, they found some connection and they wanted to become Catholic. So go and read that article. That is one example of taking people out of this power of darkness and evil. And each one of us have that mission. We need to go and bring freedom to people. Bring freedom to people in the name of Jesus Christ. And how are you going to do that? Well, you have to figure it out. But in each one of your vocations, if you are a mother or a father, you need to bring your kids out of that power of darkness and evil. 
I was watching another show, sorry about all these things, that what is priest, when is this priest going to pray or do something good, but he's reading the newspaper and watching TV. Well, I watch, I, I watch something that is interesting, and, and if I don't read these things, how am I going to preach here? How am I going to know what you are thinking and you are reading if I'm reading something totally different? I need to know what's your life going on. Well, okay. So, there is a show in ABC that came out on Friday, 7 to 9 p.m., two hours. I have not watched the whole two hours. I'm mid midway. But it's called Screen Time. Screen Time. Two hours. A show about screens. And I'm not going to talk about wrong badly about the, our cell phones and computers and all of this because I use them uh, for social media and for evangelization too. But go watch that show because there is so much of that power of darkness and evil uh, in our lives because of the screens. Go watch that show because it will open your eyes and your mind about how much time we are using our cell phones, how much attention we are paying to other people, to your own parents, your own children, your own friends, real friends. Watch that show, read that, uh, the article in the New York Times and read the gospel again. We need to bring people out of that power of darkness and evil. We need to be, uh, to be set free from these things that want to uh, attach us. Pornography, greed, drugs, wasting our time, so much, so many things in our lives don't, that don't let us be fully free. The mission of the church, the mission of each one of us Christians, Catholics, is to help Jesus come to these people and help bring people to Jesus Christ and to God. And what does it mean? That we need to bring them to light, to the surface, to take them out of this power of darkness and evil.